Hello, fellow film fags. I just wanted to give a disclaimer that we are spoiling High Life before we give any sort of spoiler alert. So this is the spoiler alert at the top of the episode. We're probably also spoiling the homework movies, which are Under the Skin, Solaris, and 2001 A Space Odyssey. She got a special mention at Berlin for Beau Travai. She really doesn't have many uh, big festival wins. She got, she was, The Intruder was at Venice. White Material was at Venice. Did you read the uh, the interview with Mike Lee? I think with Ann Thompson. Mm-mm. Where he talks about how mad he was that can turn down Peterloo. Considering he's a Palme d'Or winner. Kind of fucked up. Winner. And that he considered uh, the Venice debut to be something of a slap in the face. Ooh. Wow. Which you must feel you must feel for him. Yeah. Well, he's, he's a past winner. He's a past winner. And as we talked about on our Peter episode, it's not a bad movie. And alum have competed for the palm many times with subpar movies. They've mm-hmm. also been turned down. They've been rejected from competition many times. But don't do don't do dirty by yeah. Michael like that. It's no. rude. It's not it's rude. It's not it a, is rude. It's not appropriate. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> I have a good laugh. Mm. We love having a laugh on here. Well, laughing. Today was a very special day. What happened? Many things. Which which story oh. should I start with? Start, <laughs> Let's start with start, my, start my with, favorite of the day. Start with Beyonce. Oh no, I was gonna end with Beyonce because oh. it's a good story. Oh, start with. Start I'm gonna with start story. with <laughs> the El scandalo. Start with the scoop. Disgraced former Congressman Aaron Shock grabbing dick at Coachella. <laughs> Which is I'm so furious. It's so funny. I know it's not, but it is. It's hilarious. That, that this is how he is forced out of the closet. I will say at fucking Coachella. No, I agree, and I find that funny that that this is the context that mm-hmm. that where he's finally been outed. But at the same time, I think that he knew going to Coachella that he would be recognized. Yeah. I'm not saying like this was him where he was deciding to come out. But it shows how little he actually cares about any of us having this conversation, yeah. which is why ultimately I'm furious. Even though I, of course, I'm having I'm having fun with all the other homosexuals. I love, I love the joke. But I, you know, that that man voted against LGBTQ rights. Uh, he had a zero. You know, we can talk about HRC, but he had a zero rating from the human rights campaign. Like he he was not just like not a friend in Congress. He was an enemy. Yeah. And I Garbage. and I loathe him. And he like and what's Same. friend like even when he was in office, he was pretty like. It's funny, now I'm like sounding like some Southern relative, like, you can be gay, but why do you have to flaunt it? I'm like, why did he have to flaunt it? Like, the mm-hmm. fact that his office was decorated in downtown Abbey, yes. like, chic, <laughs> it's just, he was thumbing your nose in the fact that I'm gay, but I'm straight, and I'm invincible, mm-hmm. and I don't have to represent anybody, mm-hmm. uh, even if I have a shared interest with them, because I am above those people. Mm-hmm. Housing rights, I don't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. My house is a Downton Abbey recreation. Like it's right. just the arro- the yes. arrogance of it, yes. the inhumanity of it. Mm-hmm. Fuck him. Yes. So great. Uh, so so we've started with the news of the day. So yeah. what's next? It is also a holiday because <laughs> Beyonce, <laughs> yes, dropped Homecoming, she the did. film and the album. Yes. So this is Beyonce Knowles. Future is- Academy Award. Winner. winner winner for, for best, best documentary, documentary. Say future and academy future president yes also that in a you know four more years in her 60s and you know. then future grammy best album of the year of the year 
Homecoming, the live album. I do think this could win album of the year. It would be all I lunacy if it does. Well, we're talking about the Grammys. I know. <laughs> I know. All I but heard like, from they people have wronged her day, too many times. Just, it sounds so good. It doesn't even sound like it's live, and I feel like that like production value is gonna go far with it's, that. Have you listened? I've listened to it a little bit, but not really. It's it. It doesn't sound live, but it also does sound live because the, there are crowds. Right, right. You can hear you the cheering, mix it. but, but it's like, just but like it's mixed in a way where like there's a portion where a song I forget which song starts, but the beat is so low and mm-hmm. it's a very well, I think it's partition or something. It's the start of partition, and the crowd is also low, but you know, like there, the crowd was exploding right. over that tiny beat, but yeah. it's mixed in a way where you get the beat and yeah. the crowd's low, so it's just very smartly done. Yeah exciting i'm excited to listen to it from start to finish you know i've always wondered what it would be like to have an audio recording of the sermon on the mount and now we have it now we have it so it'll be this is history it's an art it's already an artifact in a good way it literally has landed and become history the second it landed literally obviously (laughs) obviously lemonade had a variety of directors involved including Mm -hmm. like like Allah, who i think i talked about briefly on our beyonce episode Mm. then um, when Brand- she was when like Brandon- a showrunner, no, exactly. Well, and, and a curator, yeah, right. Um, and and a production designer, I would think, just from a visual, like she, mm-hmm. the visuals, the, like uh, she had lookbooks, you know, right. she had lookbooks, right. Mm-hmm. But with Lemonade and now Homecoming, she's two for two. Mm-hmm. You, I, I'm being totally serious. Like you have to count Beyonce Knowles as one of the most exciting directors of her generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I um, you know, I. Uh, I love a good concert movie. Stop Making Sense is one of my favorite films. And I'm, I mean, I haven't seen this yet. I just know I'm going to love it. It's <laughs> I did. You've seen yeah. it, Brandon. So I've watched half of it and I already logged it. It's perfect. It's I'm incredible. So it's, yeah. I just can't wait to finish it. I can't wait to watch oh, it in great. four weeks when I have time. It's going to be magical. Should we do a homecoming episode? This is it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Got it. This is the homecoming episode. Speculative killer. <laughs> yeah. Are we, did we check our mics? I thought oh. you were about to ask if we were recording. Are we recording? <laughs> this is just sure how we talk. our mics. So, Brandon, I am going to say check your mic especially because we never check yours. And then I was listening back to the last episode when we had all collectively lost our minds and yours was a little hot. Oh, because oh. I was screaming so much? Mm. I mean, yes. Maybe so I should, Maybe I should stop screaming. So just wa- watch your mic. I'll, I'll, of course, I'm always watching mine. Hello? Mm. Ben, yours was fine. Great. Yeah. Hi. Hey. Hello. Hello. Ah! Hey. Didn't get into the red. Great. Is everybody um, rested? No. Neither am I. No. I do feel rested because I meditated before. Oh. One day I will do TM when I'm a... It's great. And I really felt (laughs) it this time. And they say (laughs) that the... Like the subjective experience, like has nothing to do with what's actually happening. Mm. Like if it, if you have quote unquote a bad session, you're still getting every. Are you still like shifting on a molecular level? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what someone said? I it was a coworker. They they were talking about TM, mm-hmm. and they were like, "You know how you're not allowed to reveal your mantra? Mm-hmm. What if everyone is actually told the same mantra? It's like a keyword, but you would never know because yeah. you're not allowed to reveal." I mean, there are just. Wow. What are your thoughts on that? I understand ben? there are just a handful. Oh, really? Okay. And that, like, they interview you and you chat with them and you fill out a little, like, form and they pick, like, you did one. That? Yeah. There's an onboarding process? Yeah. 
I had no idea. There, I the first session is like an hour and a half one on one. Well, I knew I knew that, but I thought that was more just a, a guided thing. I mean, there's that. That's part. Are of Are you it. in a registry? Probably. Wow. I don't know. Ben's name is being chiseled into some stone right yeah, now in an probably. underground cave beneath yeah. like Topeka. Where and they David give Lynch you, is yeah, just they give smoking. you the they give you the mantra that they think will resonate the most. With so you. there's like a select mm-hmm. collection. I don't know how many, but. That's what I understand. I, I'm not, I'm obviously sort of joking about the culty aspect here, but I swear to God, this is not me trying to expose anything. But what, how much is it? I'm Money. just curious for my own personal. It's hundreds and hundreds of dollars. I believe it was four payments of like 170 Oh, oh well, that's actually not as bad small, as I thought it small, was. Small price to pay Uh-oh. for tranquility. Wait it was a like that's it's like that's four, way better than I thought. Yeah, I mean, you can I pay can't all at that, once but... or four monthly payments of like one seventy. Um, it is healthcare. So, so, it is healthcare. So you can't just go online and learn how to do TM. Mm. It's a secret. You yeah. could, but you're not getting the real thing. I had no idea it was a secret society. I, I've yeah. tried to like before I buckled down and paid for it. Yeah. I tried to teach myself and I thought I was doing it. And I will tell you, it is a completely different wow. experience having been taught how to do it. Well, no wonder Jerry Seinfeld doesn't feel safe on college campuses. He's going up there saying, what's True. the deal with transcendental meditation? And, and none of the students can afford it. So they're like, True. I don't know, Jerry, this True. doesn't appeal to me. <laughs> He's like, uh, they throw PC a... culture is getting a little trigger happy. If you ask me, and then they throw a tomato. at his How much do you think Jerry Seinfeld's payment was? He didn't have to free, pay. Probably. I bet it <laughs> so, is. So, so it works free. like the tax code. Yeah. yeah. I bet it is free for anyone who can promote it, you know? Ugh. Anyone who can be like, I use TM. David Lynch was like, all right, but I'm going to tip. Ellen DeGeneres uses David. TM. No, I'm sure David, because he's been doing it forever. And they, they, all they did is, all they do is talk about David. Seriously? Uh huh. At the onboarding. Yeah. That's so cool. He's, and they, like, he does, like, official retreats for, like, I mean, the retreats cost money, but like, I'm uh, able to attend them. Yeah, I've you should never go. done one, but I bet David Lynch is there. We like, should all let's try. Let's go hang out in a park in Topanga and meditate for six hours and change and listen and listen to David Lynch chat. I would like to do that. Yeah, we should all try and go to his uh, what is it festival of disruption. I don't know what that he is. does. That he, his do- music he doesn't. Thing? Well, it's music, film, and speakers and it happens every year at the ace hotel for some reason i thought you meant like yeah. speakers like sound system and he's and giving away like, any, any there are just speakers there <laughs> and a really nice speaker system comes with your ticket price it's oh, kind of expensive but it, it's like a very curated musical selection it's like sky Freira and uh like folks like that like chromatic like people who play, it's just the ending of people Twin Peaks. people who played at the uh the bang bang mm-hmm. bang bang is that what it is? God, I don't Ooh. think that's right. Phoebe Bridgers is right going to be there. Oh, they've already announced the lineup? Yeah, it's in May. Oh. Screening of oh. Mahalo Drive with David Lynch via Skype. Oh. oh and Justin Thoreau. Also joining via Skype. And jo- then joining the, via FaceTime, Justin Thoreau. The music is Phoebe Bridgers, other people. That sounds good. But that's it. It's music and then Mulholland Drive with the talk. Oh, I, I thought it was usually a full weekend. I thought there were like uh, activations and it's two speakers. days. It's also in Brooklyn. Oh well, he's bi-coastal. True. Well, this is a fascinating conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope everyone is enjoying. I hope everyone out there will be at the festival of disruption. I won't uh, unless they offer a student. Well, if you're price. in, if you're in Brooklyn, you go. 
I just like find myself in Brooklyn, Kinda like Francis Ha. David Lynch can Venmo us eight hundred dollars. Yeah, he'd gladly do it. <laughs> David, you, were you going to say you're Francis Ha going to Paris and then sleeping through the whole trip and leaving? Is me going to Brooklyn to see the festival <laughs> destruction when I could just take the Gold Line downtown? Mm. Mm. What a mm. what a what a farce that would be! Wow, what a farcical fairy tale. I think tale. I'm going to take public transit to the bar tomorrow too. We're not really high five people, but if no. we were, because I'm doing that too, we would slap five over the laptop. Because since wow. I'm not working, maybe I'll get lit. So why aren't you working it's, on Friday? It's Easter weekend. It's a holiday. Oh, it's Passover. Right. I cannot be in charge this week. I'm, I'm, my Ben's brain's in not charge. Here. Oh, so am I? Two weeks in a row. Two in a row. You yeah. don't want to do it? I'm tired. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is your movie. It is my movie. You've seen it 8,000 months ago. True. Today. Give or take. Hi. Hey. Uh, oh. Oh. Hey wait, there. Thank wait. you for that quick introduction. Back to homecoming. Yeah, sure. I'll I just home. I meant to say that our dear fellow film fag Jeffrey McCran, who doesn't actually listen to the show, but he supports us. And bless him for that. <laughs> He's uh, like, I get enough of you faggots. Yeah. IRL. He's like, uh-huh. I donate on the Patreon, <laughs> which we don't um, have. Yeah. Um, he said it is the most important day in performance since Diana Ross performed in the rain, and. Correct. I think that's correct. He's not wrong. Yeah. He's not wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to have Homecoming on vinyl record. Mm. It'll probably cost, like, I swear to God, they're going to sell this thing for like $60. I will have it right next to Judy at Carnegie Hall. It'll have to be like five discs. Yeah. Won't it? It's Fuck like, yeah. it's like almost two hours long. It'll be a, it'll be a quadruple LP. Yeah. But I will slide it in right next to my Judy at Carnegie Hall record. That'd be glorious. And that'll be the most treasured packet. Hell the yeah. most treasured Mr. Packet of my. Oh shelves of all right packet yes thank you for that okay what? shut up <laughs> do You're we like, like no but seriously <laughs> shut up Does, do we still put that in I yes <laughs> every episode i guess someone doesn't okay, shut up. doesn't proof listen to the pod <laughs> no i don't honestly i'm so jealous of you you're the only one who doesn't have to i mean ben has to like sit with this when he cuts it. he really I has do. to sit with what he heard i really do i just hang out I I mean I'm I completely detach. Yeah. One I'm, one must. I'm very good at compartmentalizing and I'm just like it is now an object I am working on that has nothing to do with me. Right. I usually uh-huh. listen to it when I'm in the car and whenever I'm just on a tear, I'm I am physically shaking my steering wheel being like, Shut the fuck up Like it's it is a maddening experience. But uh thank you all so much for listening. What are we doing here, Ben? <laughs> Hi. <laughs> what where am I? Am I in deep space? Oh, Okay, shut up. <laughs> this is Movies IMO. What? <laughs> you didn't like my bit? I did. My name I loved it. is Ben Empey. My name is Daniel Crook. My name is Mia Goth. Oh, good. Well, Thank as you. I once revealed online, I'm actually Robert Pattinson. Oh. I am Robert Pattinson's film Twitter account. I'm baby. Oh. That baby. It's, oh. I, it's so like, when you're watching High Life, you're like, Oh, and we're talking about High Life. We're talking about High Life. Yeah. High Life. newest film, the best film of the year. When you watch... High Life. Yes. Um, when you watch High Life... When, when you're watching High Life and you see the baby on screen smacking the, the radiator, the air conditioning mm. vent, when you see that baby climbing a ladder... You're like, oh, so like the discourse is going to get boiled down to, I'm baby! Yeah. But honestly... I'm baby. Honestly, I'm baby. <laughs> and it might be the best baby performance I've ever seen... Yeah. 
And you know, I'm gonna check. Good, my, I'm gonna check my hyperbole on the High Life episode because I just am dying to see it a second time. And I watched it at the tail end of a very exhausting week at a film. It's when I was working at the uh, Turner Classic Movies Film Festival. And as soon as I got off, I had to kill time before our wrap party. So I went to the ArcLight to watch a future classic, mm. High Life. <gasps> but I, I need to watch it again because I was bleary eyed. If, if there is a movie at the end of the year that makes me feel as much or more as High Life, it will be a very good year at the movies. Hell yeah. That's sort of how I feel. I mean, I anticipate something take snatching High Life's crown mm-hmm. only because... Like you've been sitting with this movie for eight months, yeah, mm-hmm. and I just saw and I think it. about it every day, <laughs> right? And I've been and I've been thinking about it since I saw it, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But um, it's a the past couple of years anyway. I've had a lot like my number one or like a quiet passion was my number two. Zama was my number one last year. Mm-hmm. Like actually, these spring releases tend to the the movies that stick with me all the way through yeah. are the ones that I end up putting at the top of my list. And mm-hmm. it's still April, and so I'm not I'm not I refuse to preordain. Yeah, but you've already had it for eight months. Yeah, so in, I just. It yeah. would surprise but, me. But yeah. uh, to, this is to say, we've already we have us, we have transit, we have high life. You all loved the image book. The image book. Honest, I we really have... feel like the rest of the movies of the year are vying for third. Mm, I wow. really do. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's already an amazing year. It's already better than last year. I think. I can't believe that we have Little Women coming this year. I yeah. know, and the Tarantino. Yeah. Oh, I just have to and say, I, I, I honestly mm. just have to say. Um, Maybe was it Sony has those movies? Are they both Sony? It, it well, they're both from the same studio. Yeah, they are. It's Sony, right? Little Women is Columbia. Now it is totally possible that Sony has worked out that they've been in communi- in communicado with Can, mm-hmm. and Can obviously is not going to. Uh, they're not going to play an, a large amount of American. They're not going to play more right. American films than anything else. Like it's a, it's an international festival. It's a widespread. But I highly doubt there's this narrative that like. If Tarantino's movie isn't ready, Sony is going to give them Little Women. Sony doesn't have a reserved slot at the Cannes right. Film Festival. Like, it's just fun. Like mm-hmm. that was just such fun discourse to happen. It's like none of this. None well, of, it's what? just like it's not how festivals are programmed. Yeah. Like, the, again, they watch the movie, <laughs> right? But again, Sony has certainly. If, if this is even being in the, if this is even in the trades, mm-hmm. and the fact that Tarantino obviously has a storied history with the festival. They've been they, they've been having a conversation with Sony for probably a year or not you know however long since they got Once Upon yeah. a Time in Hollywood they've been having a conversation mm-hmm. um, like Terry Fermo has uh, like Sony at Sony Pictures like whatever mm-hmm. the address is but the idea that like they're just gonna swap in like that's not that's not how it would that's not how absolutely it works. shock me if Little Women has been edited properly yet. Yeah, how, doesn't that seem very early? Greta edited Lady Bird for a full fucking year. Right. You're, you're telling me like that the, they're going to be ready for can. I just I, don't. I that seems that seems like a story that just fell out and then yeah. people had fun with it like and maybe, it's not actually well, real. No, people had fun with it but people t- took it as fact. Yeah. And it's not it just doesn't seem real. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz they were filming this calendar year. Yes, didn't they literally just wrap like yesterday? And like Yeah, actually literally yesterday. And just based on her her last film, she's not a fast editor. That's all I will say. I'm saying yeah. since this film is an adaptation, she at least has some sort of roadmap. Like True. I think with late, not not that like I was saying the other week about um, some movie. Oh, about the girl with the dragon tattoo. Like with an adaptation, you have to make choices about to nip, tuck, mm-hmm. completely restructure, um, and uh, and of course those are similar. Like with any adaptation, those are decisions you have to make. So it's not as if like Little Women's going to be a breeze in the editing room because. The, the structure of the narrative exists. Mm-hmm. But 
Lady Bird was her first film. She's yeah. a little more confident now as a filmmaker, I would I would assume. I doubt it'll take this long. But I think it will. You think it'll take a full year? Yes. I mean, I th- if, if they... It's if, an epic. No, I know, but if she has a deal with Sony, it well, has to be delivered this well, year. Doesn't well, it ha- yeah. it doesn't it... Isn't it, like, preparing for a Christmas release? Yeah. Yeah, well, then I guess she's got a while. Mm-hmm. I, I would scream if Greta Gerwig uh, played Can. I would scream. But it's That'd not. But it's not as if... I mean, my whole point is to say that it's not as if Quentin Tarantino, who won the Palme d'Or 25 years ago... Almost every single one of his films has played the festival. Mm-hmm. Is denying Greta Gerwig a slot by yeah. making a movie like it's just mm-hmm. a, the discourse is absurd. Yeah, yeah. the two. I'm more, I'm, I'm, each other. I'm more excited about Little Women than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Like I'm I'm more interested to see what Greta Gerwig's cooking up than Tarantino right this second. But it's just absurd. It's the, come I on. will say, I hate Little Women. Like oh. the, the story of Little Women. So, like, that's a barrier of entry for sure. me to this film, but I'm mm-hmm. still excited to see well, it's the new film what Greta can do. Greta Greg. Yes. Um, the and film we're discussing we're today, today, what's, um, what's the situation? High Life. It's a film about a shaman of semen on a, <laughs> on a ship. With a, I'm not going to say it. Oh. <laughs> with a girl with a big booty. Well, um, I'd say that. that. Plastic that pussy. Um, that's what I wasn't going to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you have a plastic and pussy. It's about Robert Pattinson and a baby. Yes. And the fact that zero gravity doesn't exist in outer space because bodies just fall. Oh, we'll talk about that ritual when we get to Um, it. So it's a movie about people who were on death row or on a lifetime uh, sentence in prison, and they are given the option to serve their country and go to space and go to a black hole and we we open and it's only Robert Pattinson and a baby left so we understand they all are dead and then and we get flashbacks and it's very narratively rich complex layered and, and elliptical and, and very we, elliptical and we learn the story of how we got from there to here That's great it. mm-hmm um, and there's one <laughs> odd scene of exposition, which is why I will not give it five stars. I will. Yeah. No. 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 And I. And I think. When oh, I, the journalist. I, uh-huh. The journalist on the train. I think so. The scene in question. I think it works. Doesn't work for me. That, but regardless of whether it works or not, what happens is we're up in space. We're flashing back between the present with Robert Pattinson and the baby, uh-huh. and the crew on the ship mm-hmm. losing their minds. It's sort of at the beginning of that narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, we cut to a train that is speeding through, let's call it the Swedish countryside, mm-hmm. and there is a journalist and a someone else sitting across each other from and sitting across from each other on at a table on a train, being interviewed. And they're like, "Oh, doctor, I'm surprised you're coming to this conference." He's like, "Well, they're sending criminals to space. <laughs> they have the option. They can either rot in jail or they can go to space. And uh, it seems they're going to space. And then we go back to space. Yes, <laughs> and then and that's it. 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 Well, th- there's." There's some beautiful cinematography of Mia Goth on a train. Mm-hmm. I love that. But all it is for me, and I would, I don't even like feel like we need to do a big rebuttal unless you guys want to stand up for this. It seems like such a trivial point, and I know that full well that I'm. It's not a perfect film to me because of this. Um, it's just this all seems like exposition that could have been handed handled very cannily mm-hmm. up in space between the characters, yeah, and probably in a less direct way. 
Um, Honestly, I think you could lift it out and leave the rest exactly the yeah, same, and you would I, get I it. I think that's right. Because they do like yell about it. And mm-hmm. I would say it sounds like a studio note, but it's not a studio film. Mm-hmm. So, I I just accept the appendages in Claire's films. I and, feel that. And I I just I just trust her instincts. And while I watch the movie, it doesn't bother me. I guess for me, because I trust her instincts too, mm-hmm. and. I think that even in some of the diversions in her other films, I think about a film like The Intruder, which has all these random cutaways that frustrate me, but I understand why they're there narratively. Mm-hmm. And in this, I understand why, I think I understand why she put it there, Yeah. but I don't think she needed to do it. Like, I don't think that Claire Denis is incapable of making a mistake. Like, no no one is incapable of making a mistake. There are just plenty of Hitchcock that have flaws that I've given five stars No, 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 to, I agree, you know? I agree. And that's partly, I mean, not partly, it's a major reason why I want to see it again. The, o- the only reason I want to see this movie again, I wasn't moved, I wasn't disturbed. I don't think it has, yeah. I, don't, I don't think this movie has anything to say about human nature. I think it's a disaster. Well, episode over. But what I, Goodbye. but what I want to see is that fucking train scene yeah. again. That's the only reason I want yeah. to see it again. That no, I'm sense. kidding. But no, that's exactly right. Like, I I think that it won't get stuck in my craw a second yeah. time and I can let it go. But for now, I have to be honest with myself and say that I just like wish that was not in there. Yeah, that's fair. Does the train scene, is it is it near another scene where they're talking about how they have to go toward the black hole? They're, they're sent off. Am I thinking of a different movie? No, that's right. They're sent, they're sent off course, and the only way to get back on course is to orbit a object, and that could take however many years. Do you mean the computer screen? Am I thinking of a different movie? No, no, no. That is from a different Well, you're, I think you're thinking of Apollo 13. <laughs> no. What else do we... Is that Solaris? No. No. <laughs> there's a there's a moment in the film where we let, see a computer screen where we see how the little shuttle right. on the shuttle has to is hoping to suck the gravity of the black hole to slingshot back out yes. right yeah that okay yeah so is there they the point is that they're not coming back right. but they're sent on the mission thinking they, they will but okay. they realize pretty quickly that they're not right because right. how could they no of course who's flying the ship no right. one no one it's a it's, wonderful it's, question it's a it looks like a trash yeah it, it looks like a Trash no one is flying the ship. Well, it's just, just shooting into space. I thought yep. that we met the captain of the ship. I thought the blonde woman was the captain of oh, the ship. Oh, really? I thought that... The tall, skinny woman? I just remember that she was blonde. I I think that with there's the a... scar on her face. With the scar yeah, on her really, face. Yeah. I, th- I thought there was a moment where she's like, I'm the captain of this ship. Oh, I missed that. I am the captain true, now. But, but you've seen it twice, that. so maybe yeah. not. Um, and maybe instead of bickering over minutia, Ben, why don't you... What, 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 what do you want to start... Oh, and what's our homework? Oh, we're also going to talk about some other space movies, including Andre Tarkovsky's Solaris. Uh, at the Q&A with Chocolat and White Material, she was asked by Mark Olson of the LA Times, like, why did you, why were you an assistant director for so long before you started directing? And she said, well, I was in no rush because I'm slow and... I truly love being an assistant director. And then she paused and said, except for Andre, who was a, and she was, I love his movies, but he was a horrible man. Which movie oh was God. she the AD on? So Because I couldn't find it. it. It was The Sacrifice, but she's credited as casting. Oh. Which is interesting, but she claims to have. Have you seen The Sacrifice? I haven't. That would be a nightmare to be on set for. Really? But Sacrifice is really good. There's also a moment in R.E.M.'s Losing My Religion music mm. video that calls back this 
iconic moment of disruption in the sacrifice of like apocalyptic doom, like an interruption of a tea party. And it's a nice homage in that music video. How fun. Yeah. But we're uh, also talking about 2001, a space odyssey. Yeah. And under the skin, under the silver skin. Stanley Kubrick directed both of those movies. Correct. Correct. (laughs) I love under the skin. Let's start with, um, what do you guys want to start with? There are like many threads we could pull here. Let's just start with the fact that I think it has a happy ending. We're going to spoil this movie. No, I want to talk talk about that too. Yeah, please don't listen. If you chuck yourself into a black hole, press off. If you have not seen High Life. Download the torrent. Cut that. It did. It did leak. <laughs> it did leak. It I'm did gonna leak. I'm gonna edit in at the top that uh to to torrent to, it. No, to <laughs> to that there are gonna be spoilers because I said there's a happy ending before I said the spoilers. Oh, God, let's get. So. It's gonna be very much like they're gonna press play. It's gonna be like, hi there. Well, uh-huh. it having a happy ending is only one man's interpretation. True. I think it does though. I, think, I mean, well, it does, well, but it's also this. an interpretation. Let me, Let me say this. I think that there's a difference between thinking that this movie has a sunny perspective uh-huh, on life uh-huh. or being optimistic about life. There's a difference. Like two things can be true. That is not, well, that's not really what I mean. Cause that's, that's not the case, but it does have, I think a happy ending. Cause it's an, it's an ending of acceptance. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like a mutual joy in the fact that yeah. we get to die it's now. It's over. The pain is over. And the pain is over with someone that you love. Mm-hmm. So I think all it's of, very all moving. of our like main characters choose their own death mm-hmm. and they're gleeful about it. It's Juliet walking into <laughs> outer space. Yep. Andre Benjamin lays down and just disintegrates into the garden, <laughs> yeah. which I love. Mia Goth <laughs> gleefully has her head explode. Yes. In the middle of a black She's hole. literally so happy. She can't wait Well, to not die. every character. No, I said our, just oh, the major. Our main character. Our main character. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because everyone else, I would say, are tertiary. Not, well... Is that some sort of plant pun in the garden? Mm. He really does just lay down. And he literally dissolves. dissolves. It's a literal dissolve. Well, and it's a moment that reminded me quite a bit of Solaris. And I wish that I, I mean, I didn't have time to watch any homework this week, which I texted y'all. I'm so disappointed about because all three of these films are masterpieces. It's so good. I mean, mm-hmm. I only saw it once, and I it saw really it. It really works as, like, a feminist critique because she's, like, a manifestation of him, and but we, like, see it from her perspective. Absolutely. Anyway, uh-huh. we'll, we'll talk about that. Well, and the in, fact that we, like... In the homework That we section. keep cutting to the ocean outside, which mm-hmm. renders all this so insignificant. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, so for, 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 those of you who, uh, for those of you who think that Netflix, Barn the Egyptian, is a good thing because they're saving the theater, and they don't usually program during the week. If you think Netflix is going to program Solaris, you've got another thing coming, and that's how I saw the film. And it was hands down one of the. Be- I think it was on. A, it was on a Friday night, so mm. during the week, one of the best movie going experiences of my life. I, I doubt Netflix is going to program a Tarkovsky movie on a Friday night. Netflix so, will program honestly, absurd eighty two thousand. I mean, of I'm the sure Irishman. that they are signing a contract right now, but <clears throat> how long until they're like, well. On Tuesdays, when we program the Chris Kringle Chronicles, yeah, we get, we get, you know, we sell out. But then when we when we let you guys program Tarkovsky on the weekend, it's only half sold. Like how long until that conversation happens? Yeah, a year or less. Mm-hmm. I mean, the I, I really could pop off. I'm only half joking when I say that Netflix buying the Egyptian is what's going to finally push me out of LA. Like. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite place in LA. Like my favorite thing to do in LA is to go see movies, and my favorite place to see movies is the Egyptian. So 
ipso facto, mm -hmm. that's my favorite thing in LA. Um, that's gone now. It, it will be yeah. disappearing. So why fucking stay? But I, so, but what I will say, rather than like getting into the weeds of this, like would, and if you want to keep getting in the weeds, be my guest, but I'm going to, I'm going to get annoying about it. I'm happy with the headlines, but I'll, I'll say what frustrates me so much about this whole conversation is just the misinformation that is being stated as fact by film journalists mm -hmm. and by people like, uh, Karaszewski, uh, the writer of uh -huh. people versus Larry Flint and Ed mm -hmm. Wood. Who's saying like, look, I've programmed for Netflix. I've programmed for the American Cinema Tech. This is a good thing. Yeah. And then someone says back like, uh, oh no no no. And then, and then he says like, the New Beverly, two hundred seats. The Arrow, three hundred seats. The Egyptian, thirteen hundred seats. With a venue this big, it just does not. They're going to lose money if they don't have someone like Netflix coming and take care of things. And then someone added him on Twitter and was like, the so not to get to regional, but the Egyptian has two theaters. The Wriggler, which is around seven hundred. The Spielberg wink which is like a hundred ish mm -hmm. um someone gave him those sides and he's like no no you're thinking of the downstairs theater by which he means the spielberg so essentially in karaszewski's head someone who was being someone who's being quoted as an authority on this is misquoting the house sizes like like by by like he got it wrong by half yeah mm -hmm. like that's absurd and then the people are printing that the cinematech doesn't program often during the week at the egyptian yeah. which is also absurd you can look at the past like eight months, like at, at a minimum. I saw the at a minimum on a Thursday recently. At mm -hmm. a minimum, they're programming two to three nights out of five. And that's not no nights out of the week. Is Netflix going to give me the water bottle back that I left there though? Like then I'm down. For they that, might. You know, they might. They're going to give me Netflix probably bottle. has a more efficient lost and found because I guarantee those offices have a good one. So like it's I I know I'm being annoying and I'm not actually being sounding very smart here but just the fact that people don't have their facts straight and they are publishing them mm -hmm. it just when you're Disney or when you're Netflix you can take over this town when there's uh, Disney is rebuilding <laughs> Notre Dame Hunchback live action coming oh soon <laughs> to theaters 2024 oh, bleak pain. speaking it's, of bleak it's literally of their brand to keep Notre Dame standing. I cannot believe it. Yeah. I cannot believe it. Yep. And Bob Iger. <laughs> and people are just lining up to say, what a business genius. Mm -hmm. This man should be celebrated. Mm. It's Doing just... the Stairmaster at 4 a.m. every day. Make him thinking, thinking thoughts. We should be celebrating <laughs> the consumers who go to those movies and they're being ripped off and they're being they're being given fewer choices and less control. And Bob Iger's a business genius. What a thrill to be living through this time. <laughs> what? He's not Jeffrey Katzenberg. Ugh. Like and the thing about the Netflix the the Netflix deal, which I have heard on good authority, <laughs> that is gonna go yeah. I've heard that that is going to go through. Mm. Um it's the idea... The Egyptian yeah, deal? I've heard that that's almost certain, it's happening. almost certain to go through. It's the idea that, oh, Netflix, that is a nasty flex on Spielberg to buy the theater where there's yeah. a Spielberg theater. Oh, that's a flex. And I'm like, this is the effect of Game of Thrones on the culture. So I like Game of Thrones. I'm watching, I've watched every episode of it. I don't care for the fan theories because why would you want to speculate about something rather than just enjoy the hour of television you've been given? It's absurd to me. But... We have come to romanticize the idea of like warring families mm -hmm. with power. Like the idea of like what, what the royals are up to and how they're fucking each other over. Like the Red Wedding. Mm -hmm. The Red Wedding didn't impact normal people. The Red Wedding was a dispute between elites. Yeah. Like the, the, the moneyed powers of Westeros. And 
when we talk about oh you got it, look <laughs> I don't I don't think I love it but you got to give Netflix credit they're really they're really pulling one over pulling one over on all Speely by buying mm-hmm. the theater with his name on it it's like what. Who does that benefit? Yeah. Who's saying that? People yeah. are saying that. They're, they're, they're like, oh, Netflix, wild flex, bro. Like the idea that just Ew. like. The, I think I've made my point, but it's like we're so enamored with like the Game of Thrones idea of all these powerful people pulling one over on each mm-hmm. other that we're not actually paying attention to like the starving peasants. And like. All that matters is the bottom line. It, like they wouldn't do it. I know. To fuck Spielberg unless it was all good for the bottom. No, I agree, but I think in terms of spaces they were looking at, mm-hmm. of course they of course Ted Sarandos gets a kick out of the fact that mm-hmm. they're buying the Spielberg theater. Mm-hmm. And, and Ted Sarandos is on the board at the American Cinematheque. Um oh, yeah. good for him. But it's just nice. good for old Ted. How can you possibly be happy for them just because like oh you really stabbed Steven in the back? Yeah. I just I know. Anyway, this is the highlight episode. The discourse is not good. I'm really trying to like talk about everything else but since I didn't do the homework this week. This is like me in high school. I'm like, maybe we should talk about this for 40 minutes. (laughs) We should watch a movie today. We didn't finish Cachet, uh, Monsieur Delanois. Let's finish Cachet. Let's not go over the homework. Would love to watch Cachet. I'd love Cachet. In high school, I convinced my French teacher to show us Cachet. Nice. It was a scandal. Good for you. Because there was chicken decapitation. No, no, no. It was a DVD. So that's even later. Wait, you were in high school when Cache came out. But I'm, I was not when it was on DVD. What year did you graduate high school? 2006. It came out in 2004. So it, it came out in 2005. So it was probably on DVD by the spring. No, by the... It was I, not. This is a weird flex. I'm you, just... I was just trying to make a joke that you're younger than me. I feel very old, so I, I, won't, I, won't, I won't accept that. When did you graduate high school? Like 2015? Yeah. What? So? Shut up. <laughs> okay, High life. <sighs> well, what does anyone have to say about it? Um, Robert Pattinson is incredible. It's a very hard movie to put oh. into words, especially because well, Claire does not appreciate art being put into words. Right. No, um, I mean it's it's straight from straight from the also from the Q and A. I don't know what any of my films mean, and I don't want to. And I appreciate <laughs> it's, that. It's mm-hmm. just it's very much a. Claire Denis movie, which I appreciate, mm-hmm. like you know, just because it has a twenty four, yeah, slapped on it. You know, she didn't nothing. Just, nothing's like it's not more quote unquote commercial or yeah. like easier to access mm-hmm. you know, and easier to. It's still like a very elliptical. It's a Claire, Claire Denis movie. movie. It's a Claire Denis movie. It's like very much a Claire Denis movie, yeah. which I which I, I like. I don't know a smart way to say this, but what I admire most about the movie <clears throat> is that. It is about life <laughs> and like in every single facet, life, death, pain, murder, sex, mm-hmm. yep. uh, isolation, mm-hmm. incarceration. Like the idea that we have this crucible of this spaceship hurtling through a black hole, hurtling mm-hmm. towards death. The movie opens with life. It ends with death. And mm-hmm. in between are all these expressions of Claire Denis' views on human nature. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, it's not... It, it is such a clear distillation of a worldview. Mm-hmm. It is intoxicating. By which I mean... It's a metaphor for Earth. No, exactly. That's why I say it's about... Mm-hmm. It's all about life. And then, and then with the garden and everything, yeah. there it is. But, like, Claire Denis didn't make a movie where 10 people got sent up into space and they just sat around reading Walt Whitman. Mm-hmm. She was like, if 10 people realistically got shot up into space... They would be horny. Mm-hmm. They would want to kill each other, mm-hmm. and they would they would perform to their basest desires and instincts and act very hashtag problematic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is a very dim view of human nature. Yeah. Yep. And 
the way that she bends time in this movie as if you are traveling through that fucking black hole with the flashback structure mm-hmm. it is so intuitive and like directed by the subconscious like I, I, I'm just amazed by it I, I, yeah. as an articulation of a worldview and as a presentation of life in all its facets and that according to Claire Denis while admit that the, the resignation and acceptance of death at the end is the happy ending but it's pretty brutal and un, unpleasant throughout yeah. where there is uh, a wild power imbalance. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think about the violence against women in this movie. Mm-hmm. That is, cl- that is Claire Denis' vision of humanity, which yeah. most people these days, especially people our age tend to agree with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am, I admire how uncompromised she is in her vision. Same. The Juliet Binoche character, mm-hmm. the the sex witch. Yeah. She, she, no one deemed her in charge. She just decided. I know. Yeah. She, she just decided charge. I'm going to be the semen yeah. shaman. Yeah. Here I am. Hello. Ostensibly, that is just something that she wanted to do because their mission is to go to the black hole. Well, right. I mean, it their, is mission, well, their mission isn't to create new life. Well, hold on, but there, is, mean, there is a lab on the ship. Why yeah. put a lab on the ship? <laughs> if Well, they may have made the same model of every ship. I know, but why would the government waste money putting beakers and test tubes and and suctions so that they think that they're they have they think that I don't they think have so. a purpose? No, maybe I, I I don't mind not knowing yeah. if that's part of the mission. Well, here's the thing: can I quickly, quickly, just very quickly, because I already told you guys this, but this seems like the perfect time to bring it up. When I left the theater, this middle-aged woman was chatting with her friends. And she was like, I don't know about that movie. So what was the mission? Was the mission to create new life or was the mission to find the black hole? They didn't pick one. The point is I didn't like neither. It. I didn't like it. Neither, no, lady. No, the point is both. The movie yeah. is about life and death. It's very possible that they had a dual mission because what else are they going to do while waiting well, here's the thing. For, to get to the black hole? I guess I, right. I guess I viewed it as some sort of dual mission. Yeah. Um, because obviously, uh, Juliette Binoche's character has some background in science. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, she wouldn't know how to operate any of these things. Yeah. And eventually, a baby is born. So it's not as if she's just like snatching people's semen and then like doing a, like like the like in the witch, just like slathering it on herself and doing a dance and mm-hmm. flying to the moon or flying to a black hole. Like she she has some sort of research knowledge, medical expertise. Um, otherwise, she would not know how to operate any of this. And she's stuff. clearly like purging some sort of well the children that she's she, looking for some sort of penance yeah and it, it's also possible that she was just the ship doctor yeah and that she had created mm. this mission for herself mm-hmm. but i don't really i don't really care what the mission was because right. the mission is you're all gonna die and right. you're all born That's why and you're all gonna yeah, die it doesn't matter and in between a lot of unpleasant stuff they is were all happen. lied to anyway yeah exactly it's, it's well, not like and that's the thing about this movie like Obviously, so much of her work is infused with this uh, conversation around colonialism and uh, a, a, an imbalance of power when it comes mm-hmm. to white versus black um, just across the world, but mm-hmm. especially like in Africa where she's from. Like this is just a theme that she minds in like all of her films, mm-hmm. and when how she's talking about incarceration in this film is really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Like just when you talk about how they, they were lied to in the first place. Like yes, it is a movie about life on Earth in space and all in all its ugly forms. But there's also this added layer to it that shows how rich and layered and complicated and dark this movie is. Where she's she's getting at just the rights of people. Yeah. Um, and compared yeah. Uh, just the homework that we watched, something I thought about was like all three of those movies are about what it means to be human and what is the value of humanity and, in space. <laughs> and this is the only one that 
the devalued is human. Like we are lo- in under the skin in Solaris and 2001, we're looking at technological objects or extraterrestrial beings right. that maybe are human. Mm-hmm. This is the only one where it's the prisoners are the other. Right. In that context. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. I mean, I think in Solaris, you, there could be a reading of the film where it's more about the subconscious and it's more about the interpersonal sure. relationship between the humans and the projections. Like, I I don't even think this is me being smart. I think it's obvious. Like, the swirling spacey beneath is the human subconscious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, so in that way, like, it is just a psychological and therefore the other is would also be humanity. But I hear you. But I think Solaris... I, th- I think this movie having not rewatched any of the homework, I would I would think High Life is a closest analog to Solaris because it is more about humanity than technology. Mm. Although Under the Skin is also deeply about humanity too. So maybe yeah, I Yeah, I'm not I'm not saying they're not about humanity. No, I know, I know, I know, but just like the positioning that you're talking about there. Mm. Anyway, that's all. I wanna talk about the scene of the year, the fuck box. Okay. Um so she built the fuck box. These are questions Claire Denis would trip me for asking, but I it's don't just, know. It's just, I think the ship came with one. Yeah. So I think they knew. the the but in, once she's that scene is just the, her mm. back and her arms her and, hair. and and her hair. It's very Fifty Shades when of that, Grey. When that Brandon silver dildo comes up through the seat for the and then, first time, and then she, she puts the condom, condom on it. I can't on believe it. that Claire the, Denis includes a shot from <clears throat> not to be crass, but inside Julia uh-huh. Binoche. It's incredible. And the dildo. It's incredible. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's when that scene happened, I did a little like gasp mm-hmm. to myself. And there's. A brief moment where the fuck box is an animal that she's yeah. riding. Yeah. It becomes covered in fur. And I was mm-hmm. like, did I hallucinate that? Yeah. And then that shot of, you know, she has in her bush. Uh-huh. It's, it's jarring. It's, yeah. you know, it's That's Daniel's clear. glaring at me. I just don't know why we're talking about her bush. I, I, I don't remember that part of the movie. But no. it's it's the same moment that it becomes the animal, too. I don't yeah. know. It's just suddenly there's a lot of fur. Yeah. Well, which... just, just on the fuck box, on the person. It's mm-hmm. just... There's something so animalistic about the cruelty of this mm-hmm. movie as well and just yeah. the base impulses of all these characters that I guess, I don't, maybe that is what the fur is supposed to represent in some way, but... Um, just how we are all animals. Well, just the, mm-hmm. the, the, and then that the other shop, the other ship is literally just full of animals. Mm-hmm. Right, and we should talk about that. I was thinking on the way over here, my version of that other ship is all the mugs that are just clattering around in my car when I'm driving, like the cars and the dogs. <laughs> they're just like breaking into one another and just like oh. rolling around and dead. In the fuck box... Um, what I love is that she has this like very animal human experience mm-hmm. and it's then beautiful. immediately when she's done, it, it becomes a car wash and <laughs> literally that's meant to be funny. I think it is. It's a funny shot. It literally like the little flapper things. Yes. Come yeah. Down. And <laughs> it just, it undercuts the fact that she wasn't having a human experience. She was riding a dildo in a room in outer space. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And now it's going to be cleansed yes. of her body. So then someone else can go in and participate in mm-hmm. the fuck box. It's a technological rag. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the fuck box when it like the fuck box, the garden, the mm-hmm. way that just like these segmented aspects of the human experience, mm-hmm. like the like I just appreciate it as a piece of like almost as stagecraft, I guess. Just how the production design is bolstering her point about all of these individual aspects of humanity, just like how 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 how, how the purpose of the ship is to represent life on Earth, mm-hmm. and I just I respond to the metaphor and all of this, and I respond to everything having its own little compartmentalized box because yeah. in the brain, like 
sex goes over here mm-hmm. and violence goes over here, but then it actually is all intermingled. Like the ship is a unit, but mm-hmm. inside of that, there are all these separate parts and the way that they interplay with one another mm-hmm. is fascinating. I love when the ships come together because it looks like they kiss. They're docking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Little Fuckin'. kisses. Fucking. The, uh, the way the, the, when, when Robert Pattinson goes to the other ship, the mm-hmm. way that shot from his POV and it's like mm-hmm. you're playing a video game. It's very mm-hmm. dead it's, calm. It's, yeah, it's, 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 very, very dark, interesting, the rich other, and weird. The other ship. Are we to assume? So he has become a hardened man because he's raising he a, just, a human Like most people alone. on Earth, by the time they reach that age, they, yeah. they've been hardened. Like life. we're to assume he's, you know, he snapped that puppy's neck probably or whatever. I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I think he just let, think it, he go. Just let it go. <laughs> but, but like he knows it's going to die. Right. Yeah. He might as well yeah. have snapped his neck because they're going to starve to death yeah. over there. What do you know about cruelty? Exactly. Do you want to say I lo- about that? I just love that he does it as a throwaway line, like his performance. Mm-hmm. He doesn't hit it that hard. No, Claire, Claire is the reason why it's not a throwaway line mm-hmm. because yeah. of the because how we hold on that close up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's because there's like a beat before he says the line, and it's like it's pretty magical the way that those shots like it's nothing like there's nothing there except editing. It's just like the thing that Claire does best, which is creating tension through editing, and there's nothing else that has created tension mm-hmm. and because she does she say you're so cruel or whatever she's a teenager she says yeah. it's cruel not to bring the dog mm-hmm. on board and, and then we die. just cut yeah. back and like you can just feel the palpable the weight pain yeah and he he just says it's not like what do you know about cruelty <laughs> cruelty it's yeah, just it's what do you know about cruelty what do you know <laughs> Yeah. Tell it's me. Very well We're done. We're dying to hear it. Tell us. Well done. So tell us. What do you know about cruelty? Did you know Claire wanted to have an incest story in this film? Well, thank God she didn't. Um, and the reason that she wanted to do it, she said, is she just feels bad that that girl will never experience sexuality. And I'm, this would be the only way to do it. I'm so glad she didn't this include would that. would be for her film. to have sex with her father. But it would, it would, it would, it would, it would obviously complicate his character quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ooh. I'm glad that you but there, there is sort of a an intimacy there mm-hmm. that is provocative mm-hmm. when they're in the bed together, and he's like, "You're too old for this now." And she's like, "Stop," because he's mm. like rubbing her hair before he realizes who it is. Like he's half asleep. Yeah, yeah, because like a strange moment. Even when the older version of the daughter's revealed, I I don't know about you guys, but I had a second. I was like, "Who is this?" Yeah, yeah, because it's like because it like how is she so that much older? She was yeah. a baby like five minutes. That, right? that time jump is pretty striking. Yeah. Yeah, and he doesn't look much older. Yeah. He just has, like, the gray is mm-hmm. more. But I think that's also on purpose to yeah. make it that, like you were saying, the it could be sexual, but it's not. It's provo- she's it a just, provocative it, filmmaker. She's a provocateur. It makes sense that she would not understand that that's, like, an inappropriate sexual act because she did not grow up around other people. She grew up around lions. Yeah. <laughs> she did. I meant the girl in the movie, <laughs> not Claire. I was not talking about Claire. I thought you meant Claire. I was really like, well, let's so we make a joke out of it then. <laughs> um, but she was raised on a spaceship with only her father. She wouldn't know what is considered a pro- good touch or bad ch- touch, as you learn at Catholic school. Um, well, Notre Dame, <laughs> burning down. <laughs> This has been another fun-filled episode. Of it's fair game. Film. No one was hurt. That's how I feel. 
As long <laughs> I I held my tongue until it was confirmed and no one was hurt. Now I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Alright. That is not the feeling of everyone on the podcast. <laughs> I just want to make that clear. It's a Catholic church. Ben, ben is allowed to feel however he wants to feel. He can make his points. <laughs> I, I will I will be sitting silently in the No, they're during the Crusades. Like shit has gone down at Notre Dame. <laughs> history i don't yeah. want to have a debate about this I'm, I'm not debating i'm just forcefully yelling no my no, no no i'm saying i'm not gonna forcefully yell back because i don't want to debate okay. i laugh notre dame <laughs> oh. i can't wait for josh gad to stand at the ribbon cutting of the rest newly erected fixed tower is josh hold on so here's the thing that I'm unclear on. Is Josh Gad actually playing Quasimodo? No, like no. This, we're just making this. Okay. Who else would it be? No, no, but I think I think I had a nightmare yeah, that it in, was him, and now I'm convinced it will be him. He is like in the Disney troupe. He's these in the Disney days. family. Yeah. God. Who else would it be? It's yeah. gonna be Josh Gad. Any corporation who wants Josh Gad to be the face of it, mm. like if I didn't already have a problem with Disney, that's yeah. just the final nail in the coffin for me. True. I will say Josh Gad is Olaf. Pretty good. Let's talk I won't. about... It's his only good performance. Thank you. Let's talk about Mia Goth. Hell yeah. Who I think is so good in this movie. And I think when she is covered in breast milk and weeping mm. is one of the most powerful things I've seen in a movie in quite a while. And I think what it means is... I think it has to do with the fact that the baby has essentially been taken from her to live in a machine, and there's this milk well, coming out of her. Well, the baby was also forcibly put in her. Yes, that too. And it's not, so it's not her baby, but she was forced, like, to have this experience, and now she doesn't have any sort of agency over it, and she, it's just this dichotomy between bodies and machines that is all over this movie that she is not in control of what's mm-hmm. happening. Yes, but just to 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 draw a line, a chamber between that dichotomy that you're drawing, because I don't want humans to be off the hook here. It's not a machine that forcibly impregnates her. Right. It's Juliette Binoche. Mm-hmm. So just to, it, it's not as if, I'm not, this is not what you're saying, but the way that Denis complicates it, it's not just the idea that like, Humans don't have control of their bodies because technology is bad. Mm-hmm. Like technology supersedes authority and yep. consent and it's the rise of the machines. Like right. that's not what it right. is. It's the fact it actually goes back to Peterloo, honestly. Like the idea of all of those automatic mills. Mm-hmm. The idea of the mill representing progress, but you don't have a working mill unless you have human hands who are feeding the cotton into it. Yeah. Humans are the ones who are facilitating the process. In Peterloo, it's more like that's why workers are important and why labor unions are important and representation matters. But in this movie, it's, again, going back into this idea of a rotten human nature that the te- that, the, the, that we use the technology to facilitate evil, mm-hmm. the forced impregnation. But that, you know, Claire Denise is so dark, rich, layered, and complicated that she then focuses, like you're saying, with the aftermath on Mia Goth's character in a mm-hmm. way that is compassionate and tender and personal. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that it, it, it's not... It's hard to talk about. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm having difficulty talking about this. But it's, the, my point being is that the dichotomy that she draws is still quite porous and handled with deep compassion, mm-hmm. even if it's pessimistic. Yeah, totally. If that makes sense. Yes. 
that is yeah that's the tone of um, the whole piece something that's the tone something the i didn't notice that's the, the first the time i watched this movie is that twice <clears throat> they're watching on tv what i appears to be an old western mm-hmm. probably there's an american indian making a fire it's the same they're watching the same scene both yes. times and it reminds me of 2001 and that there's just this juxtaposition of like this is how we got to here is yeah, from exactly. this moment in the past brought us to this technological progress. And what's so great, I completely agree with you. And so the fact that the baby is watching mm-hmm. that image, the idea, like if we were to watch a Western when we were kids, mm-hmm. we watch then and we see some reflection of the world that we're growing up in. Mm-hmm. Obviously we've advanced, like society has moved forward 150 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying that America or that society moved forward in the right way, but this is, this is sort of the ethos that got us here. Um, just the idea of consumption of images, the consumption of history and tradition. Mm-hmm. And we hear her father's voice and we're there in a while before we cut to him on the outside of a spaceship, yeah. screwing in, tightening a window or some sort of air vent or mm-hmm. something, so, which is the bone being thrown to turn into a spaceship, right. to your point. Um, I just love that evolution of converse, the, the evolution and that conversation between image and subject yeah. and technological mm-hmm. uh, evolution and, and, and also uh, just the progress of human history. And also like that in a, you know, in Westerns, it's also not a lot of great behavior on display. Mm-hmm. And as we talked about in our Corn brothers episode, just like how true grit and the ballad of Buster Scruggs both sort of underline a lot of injustices that were around in those times mm-hmm. It's the idea that, like, yeah, well, of course the logical conclusion is taking the people who got thrown in the one cell down in the sheriff's office on Main Street, like, you know, mm-hmm. eventually they're going to get shipped, like, the, basically the pariahs of their society, um, whose society doesn't want to pay attention to, wants to ignore them, doesn't want to behave as if they're there, yeah. um, which is, of course, true about the prison industrial complex now. Uh, isn't the logical extension of that just, like, chucking all of them into space? Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's there's a couple of conversations going on yeah. with the Western image, yeah, and I love it. Same. It's rich, layered, complicated. It's, it's certainly dark. The guy being thrown to the cell sounds like a Red Dead Redemption Two side mission. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh, thank you. That's that's my contribution for he, the night. He's right. He's <laughs> right. the first time I saw the title card, I thought of you, Brandon, because we what? have a delayed title card. Oh, hell yeah. I was so lit. I knew it was coming, too. Mm-hmm. I was like, those bodies are going. Yeah. Yeah. The bodies are flowing. But it's in the trailer. It's in the trailer. And we're getting that title. Two quick things. Mm. One, I had a dream last night where I watched a movie that the title didn't come in until two hours into the film. Mm. And, it, and in the dream, I thought of Brandon. Mm. And Thank the second you. thing, I just want to talk about the plopping of the corpses oh, sure. into space. Yes, please. And the use of sound yeah. and how disquieting it is, but mm-hmm. also just the ritualistic aspect of it. Mm-hmm. This is what I mean. So like, I, I, I'm just going to try and try and fail again to articulate what I mean by the isolation of these the various aspects of life that she's getting at in here. So like, with the sex, with birth, with evil, all of these things, with burial, when you, t- when you, when you take this act out of context which is Robert Pattinson taking a dead body and then dropping it into a hole. Mm-hmm. It's completely normal. You put him on a spaceship. You put all the corpses in spacesuits. You toss them into the abyss of space. Mm-hmm. It all of a sudden becomes very disturbing. Yeah. And, and just like how, how, just how like clean and, and, and non-dramatic it is. Like yeah. it is so matter of fact, but it's really not a challenging idea whatsoever. It, that, that is, that is literally what burial is. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I honestly didn't even think about this until right now, but how beautiful that he put spaceship uh, spacesuits on all of them. Yeah. That is not something he needed to do. Mm. Yeah, because couldn't he just let them... He could just throw them out like Juliette Binoche just goes out. Mm-hmm. But he saves one spacesuit. He does. For his daughter. For the baby. The is Juliette Binoche... Well, because Juliette Binoche didn't take her suit with her, so they had one left. That's true. Didn't Juliet. take it with her. I just quickly about Juliet. I think it's an incredible performance. And what I admire the most about it is how normal, <laughs> like yeah. how normal everything she's doing is like, it's just this unfazed, like cool. Mm-hmm. Her, like just her, it, it, it's just this death gaze that she has for everybody, but she's behaving so matter of factly yeah. and confidently. She believes so she's so assured in her mission that it complicates the idea of her as a villain. Like, obviously, everything she's doing is evil. Mm-hmm. And when you watch her doing it, you're like, mm, yeah, like, this is not good. She's the antagonist. But I, I just always respond to a villain in a movie who is so, who believes so strongly in what they're doing that they never pause to consider that this might not be the right thing to do. And she's not without sympathy. When when Mia Goth asks, asks her, about her kids. Didn't you kill, did you kill your children? Yeah. She doesn't respond, but there are a thousand emotions that flash across her face it's like the moment i let the sunshine in when she's like yeah this is it <laughs> yeah and i cried when i saw it the second time this moment i'm just i mean julia Binoche is just so good i've heard she's a good actor she's a good actor good actress for, I am for 40 years just has never given a bad performance and uh i feel like she doesn't get the credit that she deserves no she doesn't and it's and I think it has something to do with the fact that she has won an Oscar. No, that's what I was going to say. It's also, it's not just that she won an Oscar, that she got it when she was young. Yeah. And because of the way that the American, con- I mean, if we were in France, mm-hmm. no one's going to say that we're not talking enough about Juliette Binoche. Yeah. So one, she's an international actress mm-hmm. and very few, like not everyone is Sophia Loren. Right. Um, or Javier Bardem. So these are actors who are very celebrated in their own lands. Mm-hmm. But here, like, we know who they are, I guess, but, like, not really. Yeah. Uh, or, or, like, the, the, the general audience. But, yeah, there's something about actresses who win an Oscar when they're young, who Hollywood give it a it's couple years. It's the sporting and, actress and it, curse. Exactly. But then Hollywood moves on because mm-hmm. you've aged out of the slot that they see you in. Mm-hmm. And they also think, well, we've celebrated you already. Mm-hmm. Let's pick up the – let's pluck the next, yeah. the next thing. And it's, like – the Twitter discourse, our discourse, doesn't have to like rally behind her like around Isabel for L because Juliet has an Oscar. Exactly. But like if if she had never gotten an Oscar nomination even, because mm-hmm. she has two nominations, right? Mm-hmm. I can't remember. I right? thought that she got nominated for Chocolat as well. Oh. She did. Um, if she had never been nominated for an Oscar, mm-hmm. do you think that like Let the Sun Shine In maybe? There would have yeah. been more, more of I a do. push. More, I think so yeah. too. I think so too. Who do. who put that? Was Out. it Fox? No, or I can't remember. It was um, was it Sundance it, Selects? I think it was. Yeah, it was Sundance, Sundance Selects or IFC. I think it yeah. was Sundance. I think it was Sundance, Sundance Selects. Selects. It was. Yeah, that feels right. Yeah. Should we move on to homework? This is the rhythm of the night. The night. Oh yeah. The rhythm of the night. This is the rhythm of my life. My life. Let's start with the under the skin. Okay. Um, 
Jonathan Glazer, Rex make Reed a new movie challenge. This movie too. He is making a new movie, I understand, but what? it does not it does not sound like something that we want. <laughs> just we but want it's it? just like on paper sounds not good, but maybe it could be. Um Untitled Jonathan Glazer. It's project. um in my opinion, Under the Skin is one of the five best films of the decade. I top, would agree. Top five. I've started like thinking about lists for the end of the decade, and I've already like made a preliminary list, and it is in the top five. It's uh, upon rewatch. Yeah. I would also it's probably totally, put it up it's there. It's just I. It baffles me that it works. This like combination of like really austere, like Kubrickian filmmaking, mm-hmm. and this very like down and dirty like in with the people like feels like it was shot on an iPhone mm-hmm. it's definitely shot on a cheap camera compared to the rest of it yeah and it's like it feels very like real and authentic and like a documentary some of the i don't correct me if i'm wrong I, but i i thought i remember reading that some of the interactions she has with the men mm-hmm. like those were authentic i think that's true because she's in, they're in wherever, so they're not going to recognize Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. And like, I, a lot of it was unscripted, and I just, it's, it's, it's totally like baffling to me that it works. These two move, it's two movies put together. Right. Yeah. Two very different styles. Yeah. I think that's what's Melded. so un- unsettling about it mm-hmm. that it. It situates you in this milieu where she can be driving a truck through Glasgow or wherever yeah. it is, and she's having all these normal people stalking them out, and mm-hmm. they just see this sort of femme fatale in a white truck having this organic reaction, and that interplay yeah. like creates a deep verisimilitude. Yeah. So that when she kills a man with a rock, and we see the crying baby uh, uh, shrieking baby. for her father, <gasps> it feels extremely real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the documentary. It's very a- uncomfortable. The documentary aspect of Under the Skin situates everything in a deep sense of verisimilitude, I yeah. think, which makes all of the murder. <laughs> I mean, just like all, all of the all of the upsetting imagery, like everything that much more disturbing and unsettling. One of the scenes I think about a lot um from this movie that I, you know, I always think about it is when she starts realizing like, oh, I could be human or whatever. Mm-hmm. She when she eats the cake, yeah. that's one. But the the big scene is I think she's about to have sex sex with that man, and then she mm-hmm. looks at her. She holds the lamp up to yeah. herself and looks like, at herself. Clearly, he has started to penetrate her, and she's like, "What is what? What is that? What's happening?" Yeah, and so she looks. She at, she takes the lamp. And she, she tries to see what's going on down yeah. there. What am I? Mm-hmm. And mm. it's mm. terrifying for her mm-hmm. because no one has explained anything to her about this suit that she's wearing, essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's her best performance, I think, I think because so. of those aspects. Like mm-hmm. it is a it is a performance exploring what it means to be human mm-hmm. with an added layer of or through through the prism of I am not a human. Mm-hmm. Uh so I mean that that moment especially like the the despair the curiosity yeah. the like just the, the out of body discombobulation uh, is all Johansson and she's astounding yeah and I love the scene where she goes into the club or whatever and uh-huh. it becomes very golden and kaleidoscopic yeah. I think it's beautiful just and, and she's just ultimately I think it's a movie that's like the first moment where she realizes like the joy oh, of being these human. are people like they're they're experiencing and they're having something. fun and they're yeah. having a good time mm-hmm. and like her whole mission is to murder right mm-hmm. 
Um, and so this is the first time she's seeing these subjects as anything other than meat. Yeah. So have I have not read the book, but the book has much more of like a vegetarian message behind it. Oh, that's interesting. Like the idea that like it obviously it, it's there in the movie that she's farming these people with the river of blood that like mm-hmm. goes down. That sequence is astounding. Uh-huh. Um, but it, it, it's basically a metaphor for factory farming. Uh, that's really interesting. Is what I, I, I that is I'm not saying that's what Glazer did with yeah. it, but I that's think the book. someone can correct me if I'm wrong. But the the message of the book is much more like anti meat consumption. Interesting. That's a really interesting layer to think about, and the, it's more complicated too. It's rich. The bag of skin. I really want to read uh, something Mick LaSalle said about this movie. Oh, Mick! <laughs> Too long by half. <laughs> uh, I, mean, I want. I want Mick LaSalle to just be Mr. Turner. <laughs> Here it is. That would be giving him too much credit. Under the skin can be confused for a movie that hides its meanings when it's really a movie that hides its meaninglessness. <gasps> Powerful Ooh. words, Mick. I think Rex Reed said the same thing about High Life. Why don't I pull that oh, up? Oh, Rex Reed hated this this movie, too, Under the Skin. I but- certainly wish Miss Johansson hadn't shown up at all. <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth Taylor would be shocked to see her head adorned upon this murderous alien with a bloodthirsty gaze. Uh, I tried and to look up Rex Reed's reviews of Solaris and 2001 A Space Odyssey too, because I was hoping to come in and be like, he hates all four movies we're discussing today, but I couldn't like, un- there's no archive going back that far. An unwatchable sci-fi creep, creep out by eccentric oh, French director Claire out. Denis. Yeah. It stars Robert Pattinson, who devotes himself these days to art films in an effort to live down his reputation as a sexy television vampire. <laughs> yeah, television this is, this, this is the, the, the quote, the review where he <laughs> thinks Twilight is a TV show. It's like, you're not on the damn gong show, Rex. Yeah. Like, shut the oh, fuck Rex up. Rex thinks he's on dick habit. <laughs> I forgot how many erect penises are in under there the skin. There are several. The one hot guy <laughs> with the body. Many. They get the one, he's got sucked a, under. And he's got a he's got a The score. A the score. So the score is I, amazing. So I hate to brag, but not to get to regional. Did you see the live score? I went to the live score yeah. at the region downtown. <gasps> one of I, and I, I missed it. I can I should have brought the artifact. Oh I yeah. Took a screenshot of the hot before he becomes a nude. Yeah. Before, before his body pops before like he's a fully erect and then fully inflated. Mm-hmm. His body bag, he's a Much literal like the bag of, of skin. Goth getting flattened by the as she sucked oh, into the point. black hole. Yes. Oof. Oof. Um, Oof. Does everyone remember their experience going to see this in the theaters? I did not see it in the theaters. I saw it at the Arclight Cinema. I, I saw it at the Arclight Cinema too, where we had the same screening. <gasps> Maybe. Well, I remember. I guess you wouldn't have Who to be. Who did I see it with? Probably myself. I um. This was my big depression phase. Oh, well, this so, is a big depression. So movie. I didn't see a movie in this time of my life. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah. It it is a um. I'm so glad that this was the homework for High Life because. The feeling that I had watching Highlight from the theater was, uh, is someone going out outside? No, my my next door neighbor is very loud. Oh, okay. I can understand every phone conversation she has. What's happening in her life? Um, her mom doesn't understand the concept of I'm going to Portland to visit, not I'm moving to Portland. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> is mom okay? I don't know. Mom's lonely. Uh. <laughs> uh when I saw Under the Skin in theaters, it is the most scared I have ever been mm. watching a movie. Mm. That's a good comparison because I also I feel felt, that way about I, High Life. I felt I, I felt I, very scared watching. Well, High Life. I felt very scared, but I also felt trapped in the theater 
uh, my eyes were glued to the screen and it felt like they were being pulled back. I didn't yeah. feel like I consented in a way to, to what the movie did. Yeah. Um, like it, it, by which I mean, like it is so, these are such commanding, unsettling science fiction visions that probe deep into what it means to be human mm-hmm. that I didn't necessarily sign up for that when I went to see under the skin. Right. You know, I thought it was going to be a movie about like an alien going down the countryside. Lucy. Well, uh, Funny enough, before I saw the movie, uh, my friend and I ran into a couple people from college. I won't say friends because we weren't friends, but oh. we knew who they were, and they were I, I, they, they were like, oh, yeah, this new movie looks awesome. Like, Black Widow is going to kick some butt. Mm-hmm. And then, like, after mm-hmm. the movie, they're like, we hated it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it does look like it's going to be a certain type of movie when you yeah. watch the trailer. But with High Life, it's not, you know, I realized pretty soon, I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I'm watching a Claire Denis film. Mm-hmm. It's very But it's much. so uncompromised and, yeah. and, mm-hmm. uh, and, its brutality feels so organic to human nature. Like it, it doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel tacked yeah. on. It, it, it is a clear distillation of a filmmaker's worldview in both places. And they're both very dark. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. So I was just going to say high life is the most I felt like the most I've had my under the skin experience replicated. That's yeah. happened twice, I guess in my adult life, like yeah. that feeling in a theater. Jonathan Glazer is one of my favorite working filmmakers yes, and it's like he needs to work more i want he, more if like we look at the last two decades probably he and pta and mr david are probably the only people that hit top five and in Claire both Denis. decades oh both decades in both yep. like top five of the decade fincher Top five oh, for of, you. For me. Oh, for you. Personally. Oh, yeah. No, I thought you just meant like the great films of no. the decade. Yeah. My personal top five Did of you the see, decade. Have you seen Sexy Beast? No, I haven't. That, I, haven't. Hmm. I would like to. I would hmm. like to see it. I would like to see it. You could. Is that 2000 or 1999? I believe that's 2000. 2000. Oh, I was going to say you might be able to even hit of the decade all before. All three. Yeah. Yeah. Did you look up the plot of his next film that is like weird and problematic maybe oh yikes Um, let's take a look untitled jonathan glazer project people are a little concerned about it and by people i mean me (laughs) but (laughs) how would i look up the maybe it's on imdb pro i'll 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 pull up imdb untitled jonathan glazer because i have it oh yeah the bio is not there um what is it about ben i need to look it up but let's (laughs) continue chatting while i look it up so that it's not like oh it's a holocaust drama Uh (laughs) uh-huh your face your eyes but like, if you look at it more specific, like there's a thing. It's like a thing. Let's talk about Solaris, please. Um, I think it's the most accessible Tarkovsky movie that I've seen. Same of the th- the most th- what accessible Tarkovsky movie of the three four that I've seen. I think I've only seen three, and I agree. Um, and I think Kelvin is hot, <laughs> and he's daddy. Yeah, he is daddy. I love the the freeway sequence well you're the one who told me what that freeway sequence so why don't you explain for our listeners because it is astounding yes so there's the freeway sequence in solaris um the one guy i forget their names the one guy who has previously been to solaris Mm -hmm. is driving on the freeway we get this really like hypnotic journey on the freeway um at this point in history Kurosawa couldn't get a movie made in Japan. He was a uh, he was a, a, a box office poison, I guess is a way to put it. And he 
the the Soviets were like, we can give you some money if you want to make a movie and here. We'll be talking about one of his movies. Yes, in a couple we will be talking about the Soviet, the Soviet movie. Yeah. Um, and he was living in Moscow, and he and Tarkovsky became friends, and. Tarkovsky screened Solaris for him, and when the freeway sequence came up, Kurosawa realized this is the path between his office and mine, and he just filmed it and turned it into what is essentially the space liftoff. Mm-hmm. It functions in that way, and that's isn't that that's fun? a fun anecdote. I know I'm directing this to you because I know you don't know it. It's a very fun fact. Yeah. That's fun. Kurosawa was like, "Hey, <laughs> that's." Hey! I recognize this. Cute. Cute. I know that McDonald's. <laughs> that's honestly that's me watching uh I watched one and a half of the Columbia Noir on the Criterion oh. channel. In Murder by Contract, which is very good. Very They're driving along good. the 110 and I'm like, that's my exit. What? Hey. I, I freaked out. Hey. Not to get to regional. Hey. Not to get to regional, but that Riverside exit is no the on-ramp for the five freeway. Oh, <laughs> Fun oh, fact. Oh, hello. Hi. And I, I, I'm not positive about this, but I think, and I I did a little bit of research and I seem to be wrong, but I still have like 10%, I'm, I'm 10% sure, so I'm mostly unsure, okay. that the climax in Murder by Contract takes place on the Reverie lot. Say that again? Interesting. You heard me. The climax for Murder by Contract takes place oh. on the Reverie lot in Glendale. Yeah, because the Reverie lot does have a good, like an old, old, old Hollywood look to I it. Think that's, and there's the movie is shot in some of it shot in Glendale. Oh, wow. Jonathan Glazer's Holocaust movie is about the 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 ordinary Germans at Auschwitz. Ooh. And I don't know that I trust him enough to not do what I think he's going to do with that concept. Mm. Is it going to be like good, good Germans? Mm. Uh, he's just said that he is, you know, making a movie about the the people who are complicit. Hmm. I would not like to see it, mm-hmm. but I, mean, I will see it. And maybe, <laughs> maybe he'll he will have a a, a wonderful take. But Let's hope so. You'll have a wonderful take on the Holocaust. <laughs> well, you know, when, you know, in 2002, when you're reading what birth is going to be about, you probably had the same, maybe that, you were like, whoa. Yeah, in a way. Yes. No, just, just like on, in a, on in a paper. different yeah, way. Yeah, of course. But like on, in a different on pa- way. On paper, how do you make this into a, a good movie? Yeah. Right. On paper, that the, yeah. the premise of birth would probably read a little. How silly yeah. is that? Yeah. yeah. It's like, well, I'm in love with who? What? And with what? In uh, the tub? Bathtub? And Hesh is digging out what from the what now? From the where? <laughs> Letters? <laughs> Whose? Who writes those? Mm. So Solaris, anyway. um, I am filled Good with movie. deep regret that I didn't get to rewatch this. I know this. that it's like, I mean, everyone talks about the dreams in Tarkovsky, yes. but it is, is, I love the way that... Uh, his characters just accept things. The way that you accept something in a dream... And like when you have a dream, you're never like, this is not my house. I'm in my house, but it's a different physical space. You're just like, this is my house. Well, that's my favorite aspect of Stalker Mm -hmm. is the journey is predicated upon things as simple as you got to throw this rock and hit that hole over there Uh if you want to go through the waterfall. Yeah. It's like kids playing a game. Like Mm -hmm. everything is accepted as fact. Like that's just what it's going to be. Mm -hmm. And 
that actually is very dramatically satisfying. Like, don't overthink it for one, but yeah. then it adds to this dreamlike state mm-hmm. where where your objective is get from A to B, mm-hmm. and then once you're in B, that is a magical hall of mirrors yep. where there are guns underneath the rocks and the stream and Coca Cola cans and mm-hmm. like it, it, that. I lo- just love that narrative structure in Stalker, yeah. and I think that's similar to what you're talking about. Yeah, in Solaris, it, he just is like. What are you doing? It's like, it's very like, how did you get here, wife who is deceased? There's no like huge reaction. Right. No one's like, like, no one's like, oh, he's just like, well, what are you doing here? It's because he's in such close space proximity to the subconscious. Mm -hmm. There is a reason he didn't see his deceased wife in space until he got to Solaris, Mm. which is the name of the ocean, right? Yeah. It's the planet. Oh, yeah, but it swirls like a big ocean, ocean. yeah. Uh Um, When you... It speaks to how strong the subconscious is in convincing you of something's veracity. When you are, like... um, Just imagine the human subconscious and imagine Mm -hmm. the way you interact with it. Imagine if you were, like, 100 feet from it, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. Like, what a a deep pull that would have on you. Mm -hmm. And that's what I... I mean, I cried the first time and only time I've seen Solaris because of that dream logic. Yeah. The the idea that it is so true when you are in that state Mm -hmm. and that truth comes from a recreation of things that actually happened. And so that dialogue between the past and the reconciliation with it, it's about him saying goodbye to his dead wife in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I just find that incredibly moving. I I cried. Same. I think it's really powerful. And then he's on the island in Solaris. I love when he launches her into space. Bye. He's like, he's like, get out of here. Yeah. Oh, you're back again. Oh. And then I love. She puts I also the same love when shawl. She, have you guys when ever she seen Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? Through the metal door. <laughs> Let me in. Have you guys ever seen Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? I have. Uh-uh. The movie musical. There's a number where like the king of Bavaria is trying to murder his wife, and it's played for laughs. And I'm sure it might not hold up looking back on it. Mm. But the way that it works is he constantly is like. Pulling uh, like there, there's a, he's just like trying to make her fall into a variety of different traps and it's a musical number mm-hmm. like they're singing at each other so it's ironic they're like singing about their love for each other like lovey dovey 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 but he's trying to you know get rid of her mm-hmm. and there's a scene where like he he like pulls a drawstring and she like falls down a trap door and like disappears and he's like <sighs> and then in the back of the shot a double door is open and she's there and just like la la like walking in mm. and it's the plot of Solaris yeah that wow. is wow trying to kill your wife trying to blast oh. your wife into space Solaris was based on Chitty Chitty wow Bang. iconic wow well, and they both have intermissions let's move on to 2001 okay the first thing I want to say about 2001 is good why did I, good movie mm-hmm. no but honestly I when I, I remember when I saw it at the Arrow in 70 uh in 1970 uh <laughs> The road show. Is is it not over three hours long? Why well, do they there's make, probably an intermission. There's there is an intermission. When yeah, but the intermission it. is fifteen minutes. minutes. Oh, 15. It's usually like fifteen. That's true. And the intermission comes like an hour before the ending. But I don't know. It just I always thought it was longer than it is. It's yeah. it's not even two and a half hours. With the intermission, it's kinda of long. I've seen it twice in theaters. Like I saw it twice in theaters within a year. The first was on, it was like on Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. and I went to the Egyptian seat in 70, one of the best experiences of my life. Uh And then last summer, I believe it would have to be last summer, it was like 150, you know, like a thousand degrees outside and I didn't have air conditioning yet. And it was a Saturday. I'm like, what's going on? And the arc light was playing it. So I just drove over and (laughs) watched 2001 again. Right. Yeah. So I guess with the intermission, it's 
it's like, like oh, 245. I, I was yeah. if if you ever have the opportunity to see 2001 a space odyssey in a theater mm-hmm. take it especially if it's a good house that is going to honor the proper projection and the proper levels for the sound because the moment in this in part two when all of the spacemen or like no, like the businessmen in their mm-hmm. spacesuits are walking towards the monolith on the co- on the corporate planet mm-hmm. and then that ringing starts that ear splitting tone yeah in the theater that is meant to be dialed up very high like yeah. you you like your ears begin to bleed in the theater you want to run to the exit and so just that that simulation of the experience on screen with all the spacemen like covering their ears and yeah. like dying mm-hmm. because yeah. they touched the knowledge mm. the way that it just it something as basic as the sound being the type of awful discordant yeah. sound played at high volume in a theater speaks to the importance of the theater experience. By the way, I saw that at the Egyptian on a weekday. Well, that's not happening anymore. Uh, now no. you're going to, now you're going to see the Netflix the original We're gonna series. We're going to see Black Mirror. You're going to see Netflix original spirit series Lost in Space. Oh. Well, Parker Posey's in that, so it wouldn't be a total oh, waste. Oh, sorry. Great. It's going to be Bandersnatch. Is that it? It'll be Black Mirror. Ne- yeah. And everyone will have their phones out. No. <laughs> And it'll, and it'll be like, God, choose your own adventure. God, they're such innovators, Netflix. Mm. Everyone in the theater has their phone out and they're randomly playing along with the big screen. This is innovation. This is mm. good for the medium. Mm-hmm. Someone, Pushing it forward. Someone steps in. Heroes of cinema. S- someone steps in front of the audience. They're like, this showing, <laughs> we encourage phone use. Yes. Thunderous applause. Yeah. <laughs> the person sitting next to me at High Life whipped, whipped their phone out. Oh, Why? It's just like, it's a total farce. The idea that here at the Arclight, we don't tolerate phone usage. Like, yeah. almost every movie I've been to at the Arclight over the past couple of years, someone whips out their goddamn phone. There mm-hmm. is no policing of it. Like, yeah. we've basically, we've lost. Mm-hmm. The, the, the sanctity of the theater experience we have completely lost. Mm-hmm. And what makes me most sad is that we are a small minority of people who care. Mm-hmm. No one cares. Yes, no yeah. one cares. No one cares about having their experience disrupted because their eyes flash down to someone's flashing screen. Mm-hmm. No one is taking into account that it is breaking your relationship with the screen because we are now used to second screening everything because yeah. of Netflix and other streaming services sitting at your couch. I can pause this and get up and go pee. Like it is to that point. Yeah. Something else that I've noticed that I feel like was much rarer before is someone getting up in the middle of the movie and coming back with a snack. I don't know about that. People I, do I, that. People do that all the time. I, I but I've know. I've only noticed it in the past couple idea. years. No, same. I'm agreeing with. Yeah. Okay. No, I agree. That like, I feel like it, more that, recently. Yes, and that is I think also due to the the, the Netflix that at I, home you can. Why pause can't it. I? Pause I just say, yes. I hope that you're pausing it at home if mm-hmm. you're getting up to get a snack. But yeah. I don't know if people care. Yeah, that's also true. I'm far too. Like I said earlier, I, I'm getting up to get a snack in Roma. I let it play. <laughs> I said earlier, Ben, that I will not take any jokes about my youth because I'm feeling very old these days. Mm-hmm. But I don't like feeling this old at 28 that I am shaking my fist at a cloud in the sky. Like, I, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, no one cares. No. no one cares. And, I, and I'm like, this is the death of cinema. <clears throat> and I'm hardly alone. But like I said, it's a very small group of people. Anyway, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. It's blah. funny because like people would be like, don't spoil Avengers Endgame. Yeah. Oh, my God. People <laughs> getting off Twitter because <clears throat> you know, spoilers are online no, about Avengers. But, the, but then you go, Honestly, to, I'm jealous. you go to opening night at the Dome, and I bet all, all the neckbeards have their phones out halfway through the movie. Probably. Should You're be probably cut right. No. Is neckbeard offensive? I have, to, no. I, have to, I have to share this. I tweeted it, but I have to share... 
before High Life, it was a pretty good crowd. It was, it was basically like who you would expect at the Claire Denis movie at 8 o'clock on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Just like young people with glasses, older, bookish-looking types. Um, just in, in, in a lot of like art couples, like the, like the hipster man and woman. Um, everybody's pretty quiet. Books are out, like on your phone, having a nice <laughs> conversation with the person next to you. The employee comes out. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Arc Light. We are here for tonight's screening of High Life. Uh, the film stars Robert Pattinson and Mia Goff. Um, not Juliette Binoche. No. Wow. Um, Truly offensive. He may not even said Mia Goth. He might have just been like Robert Pattinson and a baby or something. Robert Pattinson, star of the TV yeah. series Twilight. Yeah. But yeah. then he goes, the film will run for about an hour and 50 minutes. If you are not an Arclight member, I would encourage you to become a member. If you are, the uh, giveaway this month is a free tub of popcorn. So be sure and go out there and, and, get, and get a snack if you haven't yet. Now, all right. Who out here is excited for Endgame? Oh. Crickets. Like, not a sound in the theater. And the guy's like, oh, ha, ha, ha. Well, we're doing some advanced screenings on Thursday night. Like, Read the room, man. It was amazing. And then as he was like, all right, and enjoy the film. And he walks away, and you hear a couple, like, slow claps, like. And then one person yell, what's Endgame? Like, it was just the most beautiful moment. You just reminded me that in the the woman, and so there was a, a girl our age and her mom, I think, sitting a few seats down. And, like, about seven minutes into the movie, one of them just makes <laughs> this high pitched like <laughs> what? why i think it was the mom because me and lauren both turned and i think the daughter was like mom <laughs> i don't know what this, what was happening i Maybe still she was startled by something i don't i th- there's quite a bit to be startled by i think mom. she was aroused by robert pattinson <laughs> like <laughs> when he's in those overalls oh Unbelievably. So mm. I had I had a pretty pretty fun crowd, a pretty engaged mm. like hipster crowd or like art house crowd. Where like the guy next to me was a little too active, but yeah. like he was with his like row of friends, probably our age, whatever. It was fine. And then the guy next to me was like with his wife. And and during the um the fuck box, mm-hmm. we all just like uncomfortably shifted yeah. and crossed our legs the other way, like mm-hmm. almost all at the same time. Nice. And then I like sort of put my hands up and the guy next to me started giggling a little bit. I'm I like, love that. it was, it was, it was, it was a fun that crowd, except nice. for the three old people at the, the front. The guy in front of me, the second the movie ended, went, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Threw his arms up. I had some grumbles. There I had was, some like, huh? Hmm, rah, 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 he was rah, rah. very no, like the, animated, but, like, <sighs> like this is not dramatically satisfying. Well, no, no, that's what that's why I bring up the example of what that woman said outside my screen. She's like, mm-hmm. was the mission to make new life, or was the mission to go to the black hole? You got to pick one. Yeah. Like if that's what you're expecting, it's so good fucking luck. Wrong man. picture. Um, it's like, it's like what you just said was. Is the movie picking between life mm-hmm. or death as a primary motivation? Have watching, you ever considered that it's both? <laughs> if you're yeah. watching a Claire Denis picture. If you're watching a black hole. The only thing I have to say about 2001, because like oh, right. all of the things the monkey. that could be said about 2001 have been said pretty Correct. much. Oh, but, God, yeah. But in relation mm-hmm. to this movie, the ending of High Life mm-hmm. reminds me of oh, yeah. the color scape. 
the, no, I agree. The hallucinogenic portion. And, of and I will be honest with you, I was expecting it. Mm-hmm. It's not a knock against High Life, yeah. but when we started getting like the yellow beam at the uh-huh. end, I'm like, eh, this is about right. Yep. Yeah. That's 2001. When yeah. he and his daughter, and they're no longer in a ship, no longer in its very space, baby. Yeah. They're just out in the abyss. In this yeah. unknown space, they're mm-hmm. standing. They're in the black hole. Exactly. They're yeah. in their own subconscious. They probably already died. Yeah. Yes. I mean, they, their bodies are certainly gone. It's mm-hmm. a question whether they're subconscious. Yeah. What's the final exchange between them? Because I said, shall we? Yeah. I was going to be like, let's go. That, that's why. Is that I, it? Yeah, I believe that's it's all. Wait, it's I'm beautiful. talking about High Life. Yeah. 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 I believe Robert Pattinson turns to her and says, shall we? Wow. I don't think that they say anything else. I thought, I thought she says her name or something. I don't think so. Okay. She I could be wrong. Name. I don't think so. No. You're probably right. I mean, you're, you're right. I don't remember. That's why I'm asking. I think they just look at each other and there's like a shot reverse shot of them like looking and then at each shall other, we? like accepting. And then there's a shall we? And uh, it's beautiful. I mean, the, the, so they're good. in that orange yellow glow <laughs> of yeah. eternity of, of the grave. Bold move. That That's in the trailer. Yeah. I know, but because it's in this dislocated space, yeah. you would never you know that no idea. That that's death. Yeah, yeah, it's the final shot of the film. That's, I mean, ultimately, it, I'm very moved by this movie, even though when I'm watching it, I'm very upset. I'm viscerally upset. Mm-hmm. Um, when she ties it together at the end like that, it begins with life in the garden, just this verdant, lush, moist. Uh, very Tarkovsky. V- to- well, it's like the beginning of Solaris. Mm-hmm. Um, and the- then... The reeds in the water yeah. trickling. And then fecund. And then it's very fecund. And then we see the baby. I mean, it's mm-hmm. all meant to symbolize new life, mm-hmm. re- regeneration. Mm-hmm. And then how it ends on this welcome of th- th- this 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 mutually decided upon step into eternity. Yeah. There's a circular quality to it. I mean, just the fact that it begins with life and ends with death, and that if you were to watch the movie again right after, it's gonna start like my point being, it very does, cyclical. It doesn't start with a birth. Mm-hmm. It starts with regeneration. Mm-hmm. So that adds in the cyclical component of yeah. it. It's the hopeful. birth is in the middle. It's hopeful, that, yes, but at the same time, what what is going to happen during life is really ugly. So it's it while it it is it is a happy ending because they can finally die. Yeah. But there is this aspect of the circular nature of human existence. Mm-hmm. We're going to perpetrate all of the. We're going to trespass against everyone in these same ways again and again and again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you we want to talk about what Ben was saying, just about like the Western progressing into now, mm-hmm. like that this is the extension of that society of that technological advancement, yeah. human nature. It's only going to get worse. Yeah. So in that regard, it's not really a happy movie, but because it is, because our subjects are a father and daughter, like 35 Shots of Rum, my favorite Claire Denis film, it becomes very moving zero. Mm. Anyway, I would love to do another High Life episode uh, <laughs> later on. Someday. We always say that. We'll do another Twin Peaks episode. Mm-hmm. We'll do another... What was, just, what was the one we just like couldn't talk about at all? I, don't I think we concluded the podcast by saying, just go see it. Which oh, is, which is how we should Beale conclude Street? this one. Beale Street. Yeah. Yeah. We were just like, just go. I mean, just it, literally go. It's a it's it's a spiritual experience, but <clears throat> we'll talk about it when it, we've all seen it four or five times. We right. will talk about it at our best movies of 2019. I'll talk about it on my death. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, we, will, step into the we will not talk about it on our best of 2019 list because by the time we get to the end, we're all it's mad true. at each other and rushing because we've hit three hours. It's true. 
So we probably won't really talk about high life okay. at that point. We'll just talk about every day of our lives. Shall we rank Claire Denis? Sure. Yeah, let's just quickly rank. Um, I'll go first since I've seen the least. Number seven, The Intruder. Number six, Let the Sunshine In. I know, sorry. Number five, Trouble Every Day. Four, High Life. Three, White Material. Two, Bo Trevi. One, 35 Shots of Gun. And by the way, they all get Great. four or higher. I'll go four next. Four stars or I've seen eight Claire Denis pictures. Eight is Nanette at Boney. Nanette at Bonnie. Nanette. Nanette at the Bonnie. Uh, seven, The Intruder. Six, Trouble Every Day. Five, Let the Sunshine In. Four, White Material. Three, High Life. Two, 35 Shots. One, Both Your Five. Thank you. And mine. I've seen nine Claire Janine movies. My number nine is Nanette and Bonnie. My number seven is Chocolat. My number six is Let the Sunshine In. Number five. Oh, I'm doing the numbers wrong. Yeah. It's because I haven't put High Life on my list yet. I'm just going to add it in. So nine (gasps) is Nanette and Bonnie. Eight is Chocolat. Seven is Let the Sunshine In. Six is Trouble Every Day. Got it. Five is The Intruder. Four is White Material. (gasps) Three is 35 Shots of Rum. Oh, my God. Two is high life. Mm, oh my god. Yeah. I thought you were gonna go for it. No. I thought you were really gonna go I was for like, it. Okay, hold on. This no. podcast is canceled. <laughs> number one is Bo Trevi. But number two is High Life. Yeah. I wondered if you were gonna put it above thirty five. It took me I, I had to reckon with doing that. Yeah. It I had to reckon with the fact that thirty five shots of rum is my favorite Claire Denis film, mm-hmm. even though I think Bo Trevi is indisputably a better film. But it's, it's just your fave. It's the relationships. Mm-hmm. I have to put, Night I just shift. have to put High Life second because I think it's, it pushes the cinema. Yes, forward, I mean, we, you know? we, we actually didn't even really talk about any of the cinema. We didn't yeah. talk about yeah. any filmmaking. Yeah. Which is why I say we have to do another episode yeah. because we didn't talk about, I mean, we talked a little bit about the editing, <clears throat> but we did not talk at all about the cinematography yeah. or the sounds mm-hmm. or the score. Yeah. Or the editing, or the direction, taboo, mm-hmm. taboo, it's ooh, all, ooh. It is the most... We didn't talk about any of it's that. It's just the most formalist of her works since Beau Trevi, basically. I agree, you know? mm-hmm. I agree. And it's Yeah, because astounding. even like white material is very narrative-driven. Yeah. I mean, 35 Shots of Rum is probably her most accessible or straightforward mm-hmm. film. I think that... Like, it's like, I feel odd about saying that's my favorite of her films because it's the least formalist, I think. Even mm-hmm. though it's still elliptical, it's still mm-hmm. challenging. Um, it's not just, like, a typical father-daughter story. Like, it, she's still confronting a lot of hard truths about humanity. And yeah. she's still... It, it's still beautifully edited. I mean, not, the night shift sequence is mm-hmm. one of my favorite scenes in any movie ever. The cinematography is gorgeous. I mean, just, like, those, like, coffee, like, yellows. Like, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. Um, but, uh... The way she frames people in that movie, I don't know how it works. Like, I just don't understand, like, where the camera is that this shot by any other filmmaker does not look like this. Well, I'm well on the record as saying that no one shoots a hallway like Claire Denis, and some of the most fascinating shots in 35 Shots at Rum are just these strips of open doors in a hallway and these different textures that evoke, mm-hmm. or th- th- that are evoked by that. And also, I mean... She is so good at placing characters in relation to both their environments and other characters. And in 35 Shots of Rum, which is 
a movie about people interacting with people and people interacting with themselves. Mm-hmm. All of that drama is in the frame and, yeah. and, and, and in the editing too. Yeah. But, um, and, and in the direction too. <laughs> um, just the, the staging of it and how she captures it. She captures the image, just people at a table yeah. that becomes fraught. And yeah. obviously with Let the Sun Shine In, that is also true. Yes. Um, this has been Movies I Am Yes, it has. <laughs> Thank you. My name is Ben Empey. <laughs> Is that you cannot find. I mean, I, yes, I tweeted three times today. Oh, no, yeah, you, you, you can you can be found. You were on a roll. You were on a roll on Twitter at Real Todd Haynes. I'm just only there very rarely these days, and I don't really read the TL when I log in, and I don't fave replies anymore. You just fire off and I'm, exit. Yeah, and it's a good way to live. Let me tell you. I love that. I agree. Just drop some takes and go. I You're g- dropping your dead bodies in space and getting oh, out of there. True. Plot, plot, bitch. Mm-hmm. Wow. My name is... Da- oh, we did not mention John Dealman once. Oh. My name is Daniel Crook. Wow. Oops. No, That's I, what I, I, I got it. I got it. Right. Oh, great. It's, oh, it's okay. coming. You got it. I got it. My name is Daniel Crook. You can find me on the internet at Daniel Crook with three O's. Um, and I'm tired. And uh, throw me out of a spaceship, Claire oh. Um I'm Brandon Kirby. You can find me on Twitter at BK Kirby. I'm on the record as having said... What I'm on the record as wanting my head to explode like Mia Goths. Mm. Thank you. And John Dealman would love a fuck box. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe she would. I don't think she would. Why not? Because if she couldn't clean it up herself, then she mm. would just be sitting in that yellow chair frozen wondering That's... what to do. What if sure. after Julia Binoche was done with the fuck box, John Dealman John came Dealman in to came wipe it up? Like in it. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, if her <laughs> double doors open in the background, in marches John Dealman with Wiping red. it up. Oh, fuck. <laughs> anyway, that was my way to do that. Thank uh, you. Appreciate it. Please follow us on Twitter at Movies IMO. You can find us on your podcatcher of choice at iTunes on Acast on uh, Stitcher, on Google Play. Uh, you can rate, review, and subscribe. And no, that's not plugged in. Okay. there. Yeah. Why did you turn that off? I didn't. Oh. I unplugged my I unplugged oh. my computer and I accidentally turned out the light. Ah! Um, and tell us. What do you know about cruelty? Yes. <laughs> that's it. Literally, what do you know what about cruelty? What do you cruelty? know about cruelty? <laughs> What's happening next week? Oh, I was like, what's on the menu? I was like, okay, we're done. (laughs) Next week, we are talking about A24's most illustrious release of the year. (laughs) My favorite movie of all time. Under the Tuscan Sun. I didn't know this was next week. Under the Silver Lake. Under the Tuscan Silver Diane Lake. The new film by uh, David David Robert Robert Mitchell? Mitchell. Is that it? Director uh, this, of this, murderer of all of A24's family. This truly <laughs> ruins my day. Uh, <laughs> no, I am so excited. I'm I have excited. Booked about the, my chair at the ArcLight Cinema. I'm excited about the homework. We will also be talking about Robert Altman's The Long Goodbye. David Lynch. It's okay with me. If you like the apartment Drive. building in The Long Goodbye, you'll love Under the Silver Lake. How it's great. a clever homage. Kill me. And. John Carpenter. We know they live. <laughs> Did you watch They Live? Yes. You it? Yeah, They Live is nice. great. So good. That was the number one movie when I was born. Ooh. There was that meme on the internet. Have you watched it yet? No. So I would recommend watching They Live before Under the Silver Lake. I will. Yeah. I would. I, this is a week. We've all seen the rest of the homework, but I would recommend doing homework before the movie. I usually try to. Yeah. Well, 
I'm looking forward to hearing about the Andrew Garfield Ooh. thirst. I can't wait to see this movie. And uh, just a spoiler alert now, I'm gonna get no. on I'm gonna get on a soapbox oh. about some of the music choices in this movie okay. and how they ruin okay. one of my favorite bands okay. who is never included in films. Wow. Not once, but twice. Wow. All right. And um I'm tired of this movie being poo-pooed. You haven't seen it. I know. I would like to see it first. I'll, okay, yeah. And then you can poo-poo. No, see it first. And and, and as I, I'm on the record, I think you're both And it's not like just it. you. It's everyone. Everyone's mm, pooping. No, I know. But then there are also plenty of people who are saying, misunderstood masterpiece. It's messy on purpose. What you view wow. as toxic is a critique. Like Me. No, there are pl- <laughs> This movie has its defenders. Mm, um, me can't wait to be one. <laughs> no, Same. and I, I imagine you will both love the movie, mm. Um, mm. and you'll be wrong, but Great. you'll be right in your hearts, and Great. therefore yeah, all will be right because yeah. ultimately we all get to have our individual responses to films. There is no That's omniscient right, right or wow. wrong, wow. except for the simple fact that high life is fantastic. fantastic. Right in our hearts, right in our farts. Oh, the winner is Jane Fonda. Thank you. Thank you very much, members of the Academy, and thank all of you who applauded. There's a great deal to say, and I'm not going to say it tonight. I would just like to really thank you very much.